The Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to episode 58 of the FIGHT podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm Serge Vicente, your host, and we have a fun show for you guys today. Today, I'm going to go ahead and break down, obviously, UFC 231, man. I swear the hits keep coming. This event is headlined by Max Bless Holloway making his return and defending his chip against Brian Ortega, T-City, the number one contender. Um, It's also co-headlined by Valentine. Shevchenko and Joanna Janjacek for the the vacant in the inaugural or should I say the vacant it's not even the inaugural the vacant women's flyweight title so a lot of big fights Vasily Lomachenko is making his uh, way back into the ring as well so we'll break all these fights down as well as the craziness that we've had in fight news and so much more on this episode of the fight podcast but before that remember The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. We're currently on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, subscribe, listen, rate, and share today. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the show. This week we are back at it, man. Um, there have been a lot of amazing fights over the last few weeks. I mean, there's so much that people have broke down from the Wilder uh, Fury fight last week, all the UFC cards, and even before that, we had even up to the garbage fights with Chuck Liddell and uh, Tito Ortiz. But yo, the hits keep on coming, man. This is definitely the season of giving um, when it comes to combat sports. And this weekend, we have a whole nother barn burner, man. And usually, I start off with fight news on these episodes, but... I just want to jump into it, man. I'm so excited about UFC 231. And um, let's go ahead and start off with the headliners, man. And I want to break down each fighter. I want to talk about what they have to offer. um, And uh, where better place to start than let's go ahead and start with the main event. So this week we have the number one contender, man. We have um, Brian T-City Ortega coming up and challenging the champ. Max Holloway. Max Holloway is currently ranked number five pound for pound in the world, but he hasn't fought in over a year. He's been scheduled to fight a couple of times, man, but because one fight, he had a concussion protocol and he was able, he had to get taken out of the fight. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. 
And then he also had uh, weight cutting issues when he was going to move up in weight and challenge um, Khabib um, for the title um, at 155 pounds. So he's had some issues over the last year when it comes to his health. So in that time, a lot of people have been getting really high and really hype on uh, T-City Brian Ortega with reason too, man. Like, let me just go ahead and say with reason, T-City is an animal. He is without a doubt one of the greatest grapplers that we've ever seen um, actually competing in combat sports in general, just in MMA in general. He's uh, trained by uh, Henner Gracie, so he's definitely one of those guys that comes from the Gracie lineage, and I'm be honest with you, this dude carries the Gracie banner better than most. Not only is he somebody who goes out there and goes in for the finish, and let's remember, every one of Brian Ortega's wins in his career are by finish. Even if he was down going into the last round, he found a way to finish his opponent. And a lot of those are for are from submission. They asked Serge, what's T-City stand for? T-City is actually Triangle City. He is that dope. In his submission game, that's part of his nickname. And that's also why I think that out of anybody, Brian Ortega would be a really interesting challenge for somebody like Khabib Nurmagomedov in the future. So again, I digress. We'll go ahead and jump back into the fight. But this matchup is great. It's two guys in their physical prime. Two guys that people are really, really high on. And like I said, over the last year where Max Holloway hasn't been as active, we've had an opportunity to actually watch Brian Ortega grow. So in the last year, we've seen Brian Ortega, and this is where people were really, really excited about him, is where he pretty much had his number one contender fight against Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar was supposed to go, or actually, should I say, um, Frankie was supposed to go ahead and fight Max. Max had issues. Uh, Brian Ortega stepped in to fight Frankie Edgar, and then Frankie Edgar comes in there and throws everything originally at Brian Ortega. So the fight comes out, and it looks like a standard Frankie Edgar fight. He's going out there. He's using his movement. He's uh, using his really, really effective striking, throwing different level kicks and punches. So from the onset of the fight, I was looking at it like, oh, man, Frankie's probably going to run away with this. But out of nowhere, Brian Ortega showed me pretty much something that he had never really showed in his career to that point in time. He showed experience in his striking he showed sneaky striking that caught somebody that was a 15-year vet like Frankie Edgar somebody who's never been finished in his career so out of nowhere man I'm able to sit here and watch Brian Ortega go out there against Frankie Edgar and throws one of the smoothest elbows you know I, that, that I've ever seen out of nowhere boom cracks Frankie Edgar with an with the with an elbow and then honestly from there on out it was downhill he shows patience and this is something that I want to highlight especially when we talk about such a young fighter but he's patient he goes out there he's patient and then he's able to go out there and be comfortable with his striking he was able to and at that point in time once he had Frankie hurt he showed how much of a finisher it was by being able to step back, 
throw an amazing uppercut that, man, dude, took Buddy off of his feet. It took Frankie off of his feet. He got the KO finish. First time Frankie Edgar's ever been finished in his career. So being able to see that, being able to like witness that was, was incredible. So people were like freaking out. The fight before that, he fought perennial contender Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson, somebody who was getting some momentum again, looking like Cub might be ready to make one more shot of the title. Brian Ortega ends up submitting him nasty. Submitted him with a guillotine in the second round. And just looking at this dude's technical ability in his grappling is second to none. I've seen, for instance, you look at people like Damian Maya, who's extremely technical. He goes, he, he sucks you in with his takedown. He methodically breaks you down. That's what we're accustomed to seeing in MMA when it comes to like really good grapplers. But now we're starting to see these dudes like Brian Ortega, like for the PFL, Vinny Magalhaes, who are these super athletes that are able to jump on submissions. People that are able to go out there and actually do certain things that we haven't seen before. Brian Ortega was able to do the same way we saw Anthony Pettis a couple years ago jump off the cage and land a ridiculous showtime kick against Benson Henderson. We're able to see Brian Ortega essentially kick himself off the cage so that he was able to jump guard and, 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 uh, and grab a guillotine in a standing position. So as Cub Swanson was actually standing up vertical, Brian Ortega kicked off the cage, got himself a little bit more elevation, so he was able to wrap his arm around Cub Swanson's neck as he was hanging on. And then this is where it got crazy. So he's wrapped up. This dude is standing up. He is literally hanging off a dude. Just like a baby sloth is hanging on his mama. He's hanging on him. Brian Ortega has such a good squeeze and like Eddie Bravo calls it like that black belt squeeze. If he gets a hold of you, 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 man, you're done. You're done. He was able to get a squeeze, shift his momentum and locking it in to get a standing guillotine choke against somebody who, again, another one, a savvy vet who isn't known to get caught in those type of submissions. Now, look, Cubs ain't caught in submissions in the past, but the way it was done was something we haven't seen. Now, let, let's go ahead and look at the other side of the coin, right? And I know I'm sounding like I'm giving T-City all this praise. And look, yo, it's well-deserved. Dude is really, really dope. But let's not forget, Max Holloway is currently on an 11-fight win streak. The last time he lost was in 2012 against Conor McGregor. When they both were, it had injuries. Conor McGregor injured his knee that fight. Max Holloway had a devastating ankle injury that fight. They both finished. And he hasn't lost since then. And since then, Max Holloway's beat the who's who in that weight class. He's beat Jose Aldo twice. He beat Ricardo Lamas, who, who challenged against Jose Aldo for a title. He's beat prospects, Andre Feely. He's beat former champions who came down to challenge him. Anthony Pettis, one of my all-time favorites. 
And how is it that dude does this? What is it that Max Holloway has been able to do in his fight? And this is one thing I also want to bring up too. Both of these dudes aren't even 30 years old yet. They're still super young. T-City's 28. Max Holloway turned 27 yesterday. These dudes are super young in the game and they have all kinds of experience. So it's bananas, man, actually looking at what's going to happen. This, this has a capacity and an opportunity to be one of those all-time rivalries. It has the, the capacity to do that. We can easily see these guys fight three times throughout their career and at different weight classes. So I can't wait to see. But what makes Max Holloway special? Just like Conor McGregor and one of those things that Conor McGregor is good for, Max is a master of distance. So Max is able to go out there and really be able to dictate not only the pace because he has incredible cardio and I will talk about his cardio in a second. But he has an opportunity. He he manages distance with his footwork and his head movement. Not only does he manage distance with his footwork, he also level changes. He's a tall guy for 145 pounds. He's 5'11". He might even be six feet, to be honest with you. So he's tall, he's long, he's rangy. He doesn't have the longest arms. Actually, Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega, who's only 5'7". They have the same arm reach, but the difference is, one, the height and how they strike. The way Max Holloway does, he does fight behind his jab. But he throws a variety of punches. He'll throw the kitchen sink at you. And this is something that I found to be really, really interesting when you actually watch him fight. Max Holloway, his punch output gets higher and higher and higher as the fight goes on. In fact, when he ended up fighting against Jose Aldo in his last fight, the first round, he only threw 30 punches, 30 strikes altogether. The third round, by the time the fight, the, uh, the second round, he threw over 70 punches. The third round, when it was finally finished, he threw over 100 punches. And he's done that, and his, he did that against Anthony Pettis as well. So his last three fights, each round, he gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So what ends up happening with his pace, with his barrage, his barrage of punches and everything that he can throw at you, he's able to go out there and actually really demoralize fighters. He breaks them down because most fighters can't keep that pace. Another thing that's really important, especially when it comes to this fight, because we already know people want to say this is a striker versus a grappler, but no, 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 no. This is two. That is definitely their strengths. Max Holloway's strength is to stand up. Um, Brian Ortega's strength is absolutely his grappling ability. But yo, that doesn't tell the whole story. Max Holloway's takedown defense, his defense, he's one of the hardest guys to get down in featherweight history. He has an 83% takedown defense. The reason I bring that up is this. Brian Ortega's takedown offense is only 14%. So when we look at that, 
this fight tells me it's going to stay take place on the feet. And if we're looking at the difference in the fighters, who actually has an advantage there that you have to go with Max Holloway. But what else does Max do well? Max Holloway has the most strikes in featherweight history. He has over 1,200 significant strikes in his fights in featherweight history. That's crazy, man. He doesn't even have the most featherweight fights out there, but he has the most strikes. That means when he comes at you, he's just throwing everything, yo. It's crazy. He's also extremely patient. He starts off conservative. He doesn't go out there to throw a kitchen sink at you. He plays. He sees what you're going to do. And that's why when you look at actually his his stats in terms of connect percentage from round to round, just like his strike percentage goes up, so does his connect percentage. He doesn't have a high connect percentage in the first round. Why is that? Man, it's because he's going out there. He's pumping his jab. He's throwing light kicks. He's doing things. He's testing you. Yo, it reminds me of the, uh, <laughs> in Jurassic Park, the Velociraptors. You know, the Velociraptors stayed in the first one. Little old school for those who don't remember, man. But the first one, they were talking about the Velociraptors and they tested the fence. They'd get shocked to see and they would never go to a diff- the same place twice. And yo, you know what, man? Yo, that's fitting. Uh, Brian Ortega's favorite basketball team is in Toronto. The fight is, the, uh, fight is happening in Toronto. They're going to, you know, the Toronto Raptors. So, boom. I just thought of that. Ha. <laughs> but um, but it's, it's interesting to see because he tests what you're going to do. And he sees how you react to it. And then once he notices that, he downloads that information. And then he goes out there and exploits you. Which is different from what Brian Ortega does. Brian Ortega, on the other hand, he's also extremely patient. Which, for somebody who's such a young fighter, man, that's that's incredible to see. He waits it out, but he, and he's definitely an opportunist in there. They both start off slow. And it shows it because Brian Ortega, look, I'm going to throw this out there. Brian Ortega, in the bulk of his fights in the UFC, aside from Frankie Edgar... And his first fight where actually he ended up, he got turned into a no contest because he pissed Todd in that fight. So Brian Ortega's actually had some time off in terms of PEDs as well. Let's not forget that. Not saying that I think he's a cheater, but I want you guys to understand that he's also had a lot of time off. Because of injuries and things, people are trying to paint this narrative. And I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but people are trying to paint this narrative that, oh, Brian Ortega's going to wash Max Holloway because Max has been injured a lot and we don't know how Max is going to come back. Brian Ortega's had three different stretches where he's had over a year off in his career because of either suspension or injury. And look, he's still undefeated. He continues coming back. I don't see anything different from Max Holloway, so I'm just going to consider that a wash. But when we look at, like, again, we're looking at the differences in the fighters and their styles and what they're going to do. Brian Ortega, when he's as patient as he is, when he comes down and he walks you down, he's an opportunity. He's going to jump on those submissions. Any mistake that you make, one of the biggest um times this is really highlighted was when he was fighting against uh moitano moitano is top five in the ufc's featherweight division 
completely destroying and running through everybody. He and Brian Ortega had an epic fight about two years ago when they were both prospects. Moitano, I'm going to be honest with you. This fight was on the feet primarily. Both men are black belts. And, yo, Moitano was destroying Brian Ortega on the feet. He was having so much success in the third round. He was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot in because I'm a badass on the ground myself. What happened? Within 15 seconds, not even, within seven seconds, Brian Ortega locked up one of the tightest guillotines I've ever seen. Submitted a jiu-jitsu black belt who was winning the fight. So if you make any mistake with this man, he's going to exploit that. Now, I'm talking about the striking as well. Look at how Max Holloway gets stronger throughout the fight. Brian Ortega, we go ahead and look at that. And I know we I talked about the Cub Swanson fight and how amazing his submission win in the second round was. Which it was. I'm not going to take anything away from that at all. But what I do want to go ahead and talk about is how he was getting eaten up alive. I mean, Cub Swanson was taking his lunch money until that point in the fight. First in the first round, and even the beginning parts of the second round, Cub Swanson was laying into Brian Ortega. So Brian Ortega is big physically when it comes to his guys. Look at him against Cub Swanson and against um, Frankie Edgar. He looked like a monster among, among those guys. He looked huge. So in my head, I was like, oh man, Brian Ortega has to be about six feet tall. This is going to be interesting. Brian doesn't have that opportunity in the height difference against Max Holloway. In fact, he has a height deficit. He was able to snap those other guys down because of a couple different things. He was able to snap those guys' heads down strictly because of the way they went ahead and they, they were shorter in their stature. So he was able to get on top, get a hard snap down, and lock in those uh, guillotines. And he's also crazy dangerous off his back. So most fighters don't want to go ahead and even play down there. Look what Max Holloway did to um, one of the greatest strikers in MMA history, Jose Aldo. Along with his pace, he was able to beat him up. Up top, down low, throwing kicks. He mixes it up, in my opinion, better than most MMA fighters out there. So... I've broken down both dudes. They're both incredible. And the Vegas sides at this point in time, I'm going to pull it up right now. So check this out. These guys are incredible, man. Brian Ortega's 14-0, one no contest. Max Holloway's 19-3. 5-11 5-7. Both have the same reach. Max Holloway obviously has longer legs. Max Holloway crushes him in significant strikes. Grappling, man, Brian Ortega absolutely has the advantage in the grappling. But one thing that people need not to sleep on is Max Holloway's grappling ability. Max Holloway has submitted many black belts. And the way he's been able to do that is by having them essentially, he beats them up on the feet and forces them to shoot. 
And then he himself has one of the nastiest guillotines out there. And he's been able to submit a lot of his opponents. So this is a pick em fight. They both guys came out. I think they're both, yep, they're both minus 110. Uh, Vegas Outs has them both at minus 110. I understand. I'm picking Max Bless Holloway to keep his title reign going, growing. I think he has more options. I think he has more tools in his tool belt. I think he's a bigger opponent. I think he's a he's a more seasoned opponent. I think he's fought better quality op, op, um yeah um opposition what the hell is opposition uh opponent opposition whoa <laughs> um so he's able to go out there i think he's going to be able to continue landing clean strikes if he's able to land clean strikes consistently on Brian Ortega like Clay Guida who has no striking ability in comparison to Max Holloway against um T-City I see this happening I see the end of the third round Brian Ortega is getting beat up on the feet and I'm not taking anything away from Brian's hands because Brian can strike but I think the pace is going to be, it might overwhelm Brian. He's never been in there with somebody who has this overwhelming pace. And what I think is going to happen is that he's going to end up shooting it at a point himself because one thing that he tries to do is that he's usually the bigger, more physically imposing guy. So what he does is he goes in there and he kind of just tries to flex. He pushes you against the cage and then he'll pull you down with him he'll do things he'll snap your head down and certain things like that he's not going to be able to do that with max holloway i think he's going to end up getting desperate at some point in time shooting in and this is going to happen i think max holloway is going to end up getting a third or fourth round submission against brian t city ortega i think they will fight again in the future and i might change my pick but right now we gotta have to we have to go ahead and um and go with the champ to go ahead and continue doing his thing and uh, winning this uh, fight. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking out the show um, at the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. We're currently on iTunes and SoundCloud, but keep your eyes open. Um, We're actually coming on YouTube before the end of the year. Moving right along, co-main event. I'm so excited about this fight, man. Uh, the co-main event is two of my favorites. We have Joanna Janjacek against Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about this um, this co-main event, man. This co-main event should be pretty ridiculous. I can't wait. Like I said, it's again, it's with two of my all-time favorites. We have Valentina Shevchenko against. Hold on, am I recording still? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
all right just making sure man i was worried for a second i don't want to sit here and uh and start recording all kind of stuff do this for an hour and next thing you know man we don't have no show uh <laughs> but uh like i was saying uh this fight should be incredible uh this is going to be uh valentina shevchenko the number one contender uh versus the number one contender man i cannot wait so really quick the bullet valentina shevchenko is moving down from 135 pounds and uh challenge for this title joanna and jacek is the former flyweight uh champion um um moving up from 115 pounds uh moving up to 125 pounds man so this is where this gets interesting for those of us who don't know both these ladies have actually fought three times before they're both multiple-time Muay Thai world champions, and they have fought Muay Thai three times. Valentina Shevchenko has won each of those times. So Now, does that automatically say to me that Valentina's going to win? Nah, not at all. But let me really quick, man, I'm going to touch on these things um, before I move, move forward. Uh, their records in MMA... Check this out. 15 and 3 versus 15 and 2. The only woman that Joanna and Jacek has actually lost to is Rose Namajunas, the, the current 115-pound champ. In that second fight, could have been up in the air. Could have gone either way. I actually, after watching it for the second time, I had Joanna winning myself. So you can argue that Joanna should can still be the 115 pound champion and you can say that she should only be 15 and one um Valentina Shevchenko on the other hand is 15 and three and check this out she has also lost twice to the current 135 pound champion Amanda Nunes Amanda Nunes is Joanna and Jacek's current teammate so that brings a little extra layer into this fight that a lot of us don't actually think about. So um, both of them, 20, 20, check this out. Both of them, 27% of their wins are by KO. But this, in my opinion, is where Valentina shines. 47% of Valentina's wins are by submission. Valentina is a far more aggressive grappler than Joanna is. But that doesn't mean Joanna can't grapple. Joanna has great defensive wrestling and she has a great takedown defense. She's fought against some of the best grapplers in the game. She's fought against and defeated twice Claudia Gedalia, who's incredible. Jessica Andraj, who is walking through women and has one of the most powerful grappling games out there. Joanna beat them all and they weren't able to do anything to her in terms of the grappling. So I'll have to say the grappling is going to be a wash. Neither of them are going to go ahead and try to, uh, to grapple because they are so comfortable striking. Now, who is a better MMA striker? Because MMA striking is different in comparison to just regular kickboxing. So, for instance, when we go talk about Max Holloway, the champ, Max Holloway, I wouldn't say is a better kickboxer than Edson Barbosa. Or let me just stick it to uh, to somebody in his weight class who's just a kickboxer to, to say Nikki Holskin, who's one of the best kickboxers in the world. 
currently competes with one FC, just KO'd another one of the greatest kickboxers in this world, Cosmo Alexander, in, uh, in one championship. But when it comes to MMA, Max Holloway is one of the greatest MMA strikers that there is because of his stature, the way he stands, his takedown D, and to be able to mix it up. Both of these ladies do a phenomenal job in actual MMA striking. I think Valentina Shevchenko was a little stronger, not strictly because she's moving down in a weight class, but when I see her throwing shots, I've seen her hurt bigger women. I've seen her hurt Holly Holm. When Joanna Jacek, I think, is far more of a volume puncher. And when she's throwing her combinations, she's not putting everything on all of the shots. But that was also at 115 pounds where she had to cut a lot of weight. She had to drain herself. She was cutting close to 20 pounds to make that. Yo, she looked like she was on death's door every time they went out there and actually competed amongst one another. So now that she's more at her natural weight class, she's not cutting nearly as much weight. And if you look at them in the face-offs, yo, she looked good. She looked physically healthy, healthier than I've ever seen her. She always looked drawn out and sick. But this time you saw she had a little bit of muscle mass. She, you know, she, she carries the weight well. And in turn, Valentina does as well, because this is also her natural weight class. So this is going to be interesting. Joanna is probably the faster of the two. And one thing that she does, and this is her offense, man, she's accustomed to walking down her people and she's willing to take two to go ahead and deliver that big shot. And that's why we always see her all lumpy after fights, man. She looks like she got hit with a brick after half of her fights. But... That's because she doesn't care. She's that confident in her striking. She'll take one to give one. But Valentina is somebody who is just as proficient in her striking. So I think this is going to be interesting because Valentina is a much more, in my opinion, proficient counterfighter. So we're going to be able to see if she's able to set traps for Joanna and Jacek. Which, obviously, she has in the past. She has three wins on her record against her. Obviously, not in MMA, but in, um, in, uh, in Muay Thai. So, let's think about this. Who has Valentina actually defeated? She's beaten Holly Holm. We all know how great Holly Holm is. She was also able to submit one of the best grapplers in the 135-pound division, Juliana Pena. Which nobody saw coming. So when I was able to see that, you look at it, look, she has a great submission game, so, and, but, um, but it's going to be really, really difficult to submit Joanna in any capacity. So what do I think is going to happen? Conventional wisdom would say, yo, we have to go with the bigger move, uh, woman moving down. They're both skilled. And I've, how many times have I said it? The more skilled big person fighting the more skilled little person, the big person is going to win. They're technically fighting at the same weight class. They're technically about the same size. And I'll even venture to say, if you saw them in their stare downs, Joanna looked like she might have been a little bit bigger. 
I my head is telling me Valentina, Valentina by decision. But and this is where what are the odds? The odds for this fight is this. The odds are have Joanna's a plus 290. Valentina's, whoa, she's a minus 350. All right, so check this out. If you want to make money, this is where you make money. I have Joanna and Jacek winning in a decision. I'm going to go out on a limb. This is my upset pick to click for the day, okay? This is where we're going to rock with. Um, I have, I'm going to go ahead and rock with Joanna and Jacek um, in an upset to win her second title. Now, if Joanna and Jacek wins, if she wins this fight, we can actually sit down and have a conversation about is Ioana and Jacek the GOAT of women's MMA? Go down the list of the women that she's already beaten if that's the case. She would have beaten Valentina Shevchenko. She would have beaten so many others. And she beat everybody up at 115 pounds and was a long reigning champion. She defended her belt like six times. She's worthy of that title. On the other hand, Valentina Shevchenko, if she wins this, she's beat Holly Holm. She's given Amanda Nunes everything she can handle. And I'm be honest with you, that second fight, you can argue that Valentina beat Amanda, uh, Amanda Nunes. She definitely thought she won. But if you're going to make some cash on this one, man, you, let's, let's go ahead and rock with Ioana and Jacek. All right. Uh, the rest of this fight, I'm going to go ahead and try to just uh, run through uh, really quick because we have a lot more to get to the, on today's show. Next fight up, we got Jimmy Manawa, the poster boy. Uh, the number seven, uh, Jimmy Manawa, he's coming back after a loss. And um, he's going to go ahead and compete against someone who is looking incredible um, ever since he's moved up to 205 pounds, Tiago Santos. Uh, that's the number seven versus number 15. Uh, Jimmy Manawa is 17 and four. Tiago Santos is 19 and 6. Jimmy's coming off that loss. He took a big KO loss in his last time out. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, both men are incredible strikers. Tiago Santos, in my opinion, is a far more well rounded fighter. And I think he has that momentum building right now. I think this is more his time. I'm going to go ahead and rock with Tiago Santos in that one. Um, we have to go with. Uh, Let's, I'm going to go by KO. I'm going to go by uh, second round KO. Um, next fight is uh, Hakeem Dewu, uh, Dewadu. Hakeem Dewadu is a bad dude, man. Uh, really, really fun to watch. He's 8-1-1. One, one. He's from Canada. Super beast, man. Really, really entertaining fighter. He's fighting um, another entertaining uh, young fighter, uh, Kyle uh, Bo Boschniak. Uh, Boschniak is a bad dude, man. Um, a record of eight and three himself. He's coming off of a loss. Um, I'm going to go ahead and we'll go with uh, Hakeem Dewadu. I think he's somebody who is on a tear right now. And uh, for that 145 pound weight class, he's going to go ahead and move, uh, keep moving up. Next up on the card, we're going to go ahead and this is actually the um, right before the co-main. Ooh, we got Gunny, Gunner Nelson going against Alex Oliveira, the number 13 versus number 14. This should be an entertaining matchup, man. Gunny hasn't fought in a while. He's been 
out of the game. His last fight that he did have, he ended up getting a TKO loss that a lot of people ended up looking at like mm, skeptical hippo eyes with that one, right? So, um, oh man, I can't believe I actually said skeptical hippo eyes. I need to stop watching Brandon Shop's show. Gross. Uh, <laughs> um, so Gunny is going out here and uh, he hasn't fought since he's lost to Ponzinibbio, um, who's a monster. Um, but Ponzinibbio had a couple of huge eye pokes that allowed him, honestly, a lot of people believe to end up landing some pretty solid strikes on Gunnar Nelson. Cowboy Oliveira is a nasty dude, 19 and four. He's looked nasty since he's moved up to 170 pounds. He's another one of those dudes that's probably perfect for the 165 pound weight class. I'm gonna go with Gunny. Gunny hasn't fought in a while. He looks physically better than I've ever seen him. If you guys have an opportunity to check him out on IG, um, he looks great, man. So physically, I think he's ready to go. And uh, man, all in all, this should be a really, really good card, man. A fun card. Uh, the undercard's gonna be just as entertaining. One of my favorites, uh, Claudia Gedalia is actually competing against Nina Ansaroff. That should be super crazy entertaining, man. Super entertaining. Um, Nina Ansaroff is the number 11 ranked um, in the game. And uh, not only is she number 11, Claudia Gedalia, and this is at 115 pounds. And then we have Claudia Gedalia, who's rate number three. So, I mean, this is nasty, man. Um, I think Claudia Gadelli is gonna end up running away with this. Um, as great as I think Nina Ansaroff is, who she's nine and five. Claudia is sixteen and three. And in fact, if we go ahead and look at the uh, <clears throat> the uh, Vegas odds, Nina, yeah, uh, Claudia Gadelli is a pretty big favorite, man. She's a minus three thirty-five, and Nina Ansaroff is a plus two seventy-five. I absolutely have to go with um, with Claudia on that fight, Claudia. Uh, another pretty good fight. I mean, we have Gilbert Burns fighting Oliver um, Auburn Mercer. That should be fun. Gilbert Burns is one of the best grapplers, one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners out there. He's a multiple-time world champion in jiu-jitsu. He's fighting the nasty, the Canadian gangster, uh, Oliver Auburn Mercer. Should be an entertaining fight, man. Look at the Vegas size of this one. Wait, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much even money. That should be a good fight. Eric Anders is fighting Eli Elias Theodoro. Um, Elias Theodoro is the uh, fa the favorite. It's almost even money. Oh man, Eric Anders is just coming off of a loss to uh, Tiago Santos. Great fight though. It was on short notice. Elias Theodoro, super super well rounded fighter, great grappler. I'm, I'm going to go with Eric Anders on this one. Jessica I is uh, competing against uh, Caitlin Coogan. Um, and let me see this real quick. I want to bring up the fight stats for you guys really quick for this one because this has a lot of implications on it, especially for Jessica I. Jessica I started off great, hit a little rough patch, but both of these women are coming off of a, of a win. Caitlin Coogan, man, I'm going to go ahead and she's going to get the win on this one. I think she's really well-rounded. She's 11-1, comes from a great team. Um, even though she's a decision machine, she throws more strikes per minute, 
more significant strikes. She has better striking defense. Yeah, I'm going to go with her. And honestly, Jessica, it seems like she struggles when she starts competing against some of the best in the game. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. But all in all, this should be an incredible fight card. The UFC has been putting on some pretty incredible shows recently. Um, the two events last weekend, I think they have something like 11 weeks in a row that they're having uh, some kind of uh, fight card. So this should be fun, man. Everyone's getting their money uh, who fights in the UFC right now. So we should have a really, really good time with that. Uh, moving right along, uh, Vasily Lomachenko is also competing this weekend. He'll be competing on ESPN. He's fighting against uh, really, really tough uh, Jose Pedraza. As tough as Pedraza is, Vasily Lomachenko is the number one rated pound-for-pound uh, pound boxer in the game. So with that being said, I have to go with um, Vasily Lomachenko. So um, good, uh, great fight weekend. The fights in the UFC are going to be Saturday. That's pay-per-view. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko is also this Saturday, and that is going to be on ESPN. I would definitely be breaking those both cards down on Sunday in my uh, post-fight show. So we should have a really, really good time with that. Uh, so this is uh, episode 58's fight talk so we're just pretty much breaking down into my fight breakdowns and uh hold up for one second man we're gonna go ahead and have our fight news for the day boom fight news fight news all right we're gonna go ahead and break down this crazy weekend in may it's been nuts man we have as i'm sure a lot of us have already heard anderson silva is making his return this february in australia against new zealand's very own Israel style bender out of Sanya, the last style bender, should I say? Uh, should be an entertaining fight. I'll definitely break that down when it gets closer. That is going to be on the exact same card as um, Robert Whitaker defending his title belt against Kelvin Gastelum. That's going to be a really, really good fight. It's almost a. Um, like a, a a championship and a number one contender fight all in the same night uh main event co-main event i can't wait to see what happens yo 185 pounds in the ufc ever since some of these dinosaurs have you know uh fallen off and done certain things um it, it's it's interesting man so uh we'll see what ends up happening uh with that all right so in terms of fight news we have a couple of different things to discuss, man. I want to start off with Bellator. Mirko Krokop. Um, pride never dies. People, pride never dies. And uh, neither does Mirko Krokop, man. Mirko is still out here doing his thing. And he is about to go ahead and make his Bellator debut um, with a rematch against Roy Nelson on February 16th. That was just announced. That should be a really good time. Um... Uh, one thing I want to talk about uh, also in fight news. Max Holloway uh, spoke extremely candidly about his about his uh, and, we, and there's been a lot of talk about mental mental health and different things over the last few months, especially this year. One of the big talking points has been mental health. I mean, the whole narrative of the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight was how Tyson Fury had this bout with depression and mental health and all these other things. So. For the, a lot of us who don't know or those of us who do, Max Holloway was pulled from his last fight because of con concussion-like syndrome. 
one thing that happens if you have had concussions is that you can end up getting a huge bout of depression, right? So in looking at this and seeing that he had to battle depression and and battle certain things, he's been speaking candidly about it, man. And one thing that he said, he said, I was like, what the hell am I doing? This is not even something you, you fight alone. So he had to go out and avidly get help to get him out of the way. A lot of people are looking at that and saying, oh, man, is, is it going to be the same Max, the same killer instinct and stuff? I'd be lying if I said I knew. I can only assume that Max is the exact same competitor that we've always known and loved. Um, look, I'll be honest, man. Max Holloway is one of, if not my favorite current competitor out there. I love what he brings to the table. I love what he does. Dude is entertaining. He's 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 gritty. He's he's everything. He's a dog, yo. That's he's everything that you want in a fighter. He's technical. He's savvy. He's intelligent. So he's always, I've always been a big fan of Max Holloway, what he does, and I respect him even more. I mean, think about it. this is a family man, this thing. And these are two gentlemen in terms of Brian Ortega and uh, Max Holloway who are very similar in terms of they're good people. Both men do a lot when it comes to charity and giving back to kids. And that's something that both guys really do focus on. So I want to salute to both of them. And being Max Holloway, being able to talk about his depression candidly, I have to show him some love with that. All right, so um, Sajar Eubanks, speaking of the 125-pound title, Sajar Eubanks was slated at one point in time to fight against um, uh, Valentina Shechenko at a buck 25. She was actually going to headline the card in, um, in New York, but that card was changed. She got mad, ended up on that same card missing weight by like four pounds. So people were pissed off, and now Sijar Eubanks is finally moving up um, here uh, to Area Hawani reports. Sijar Eubanks is finally moving up to 135 pounds. So look, that's what she should have done the whole time. It's about time, man. I don't know what took her so long, but um, look, uh, it, it's going to be interesting, man. All right. So leading up to this fight, and I, I know I didn't talk. I mean, I've talked about Max Holloway, Brian Ortega fight for the first 30 minutes of the show. But one thing I didn't talk about was the press conference. And as much respect as both of these guys have for one another, they definitely were talking spicy which is something that I do appreciate. And this is something that Max Holloway had to say when they were asked about how good Brian Ortega has been in the last uh, year or so. Talking about Brian and this and that, everything, everything the guy did, I did better. He's on what, six fight win streak? I got 12. He beat a champion, I beat two. And I beat, two, and I beat one of them twice. You know, so at the end of the day, the Blessed Express is going around in a circle. We laughing you, bro. You know, and little brother, and, and I'm younger than you, so congratulations. And he just drops the mic, man. Yo, and there's another thing. I love how Max talks on the mic. He's great on the mic. And, you know, Brian Ortega's good in his own right. He holds his own. But Max is definitely better. But so when I'm thinking about it, he has a point. And saying that, I wonder him saying that out loud is going to peek into Ortega's head at any point in time. Now, the fact that Brian Ortega 
is undefeated, maybe it won't phase him at all. Maybe he truly believes that ah, it doesn't matter what you've done. You know, I did it first. And this kind of brings me to a narrative that a lot of people have been talking about. They're like, oh, man, you know, is 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 um, is Max Holloway's era done? And I laugh about it because, yo, he's younger than Brian Ortega is. So we can't sit here and say that he's not growing. And one thing that I've noticed is that every time we've seen Max Holloway, he's been substantially better the next time out. So I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen on this fight. But uh, man, all in all, this should be pretty exciting um, uh, in that. Uh, is there any more fight news that I want to break down? Uh, Brian or not Brian Ortega, I'm sorry. Um, one of my favorites and the current one heavyweight champion, Brandon Vera. Brandon Vera was recently asked because he used to compete at 205 pounds and as jacked as he is and he, and he's at, he is at heavyweight at one, they ask him what is he going to do and he is actually currently planning to drop down and fight at uh, 205 as well and trying to become one's champ champ. So it seems like that's the thing everybody's doing. Um, it should be a good time, man. But all in all, yo, that's about all the time I have for today. That's today's fight news. I will be back this week to go ahead and break down this week's prospect alert. If any other news sneaks in at the end of this week, I'll make sure on that show to break it down as well. And, um, thank you all as always so much for listening. Um, this is episode 58 of the fight podcast and um this is surgery sent man thank you guys so much the fight podcast is brought to you each and every week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 20 percent off your first three months remember to follow the show on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at surge vicente support the show by going on the website and checking us out uh and following us go ahead and purchase merch if you go on there um thank you all once again for listening it's gonna be a great fight weekend man but don't forget to join us right back here for episode 59 coming up this week uh with that being said yo have a good rest of your week peace out